One of the things that we uh, want to let everybody know is that we are a multi-generational church and we don't just say that, we actually believe that and want to give opportunity for our young people to be able to participate and to lead us as, uh, as God's people. There's so much we can learn from our young people. Don't discount it just because they're young. Don't discount it. God can speak uh, powerfully through our young people and I look forward to that. Next Sunday we have a, another special young person who's going to be leading us in communion. So uh, God's doing some, some wonderful things in our young people. So I just really appreciate uh, you continuing to pray for them. Pray for Emily as she leads our youth uh, as uh, uh, our youth leader and just uh, raising up some incredible young people uh, in the church. So welcome to... Uh, uh, Infuse Church. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Gary. I'm one of the team here, otherwise known as the pastor, but don't tell everyone because then they'll all know. Um, so uh, along with my lovely wife, Jane, um, we have such a great team of people. We lead uh, the best church in all of the Adelaide Hills and uh, really appreciate you leaning in and uh, just supporting us as we do that. Um, I've had this whole thing about a rise on my heart uh, throughout this year, and it's about you know activating our connections, ramping up our worship, investing our gifts, stretching our faith, and engaging with our community. And this morning, I want to uh, encourage us to arise in grace, arise in grace. So this morning, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give me the ability to speak this message as you've given it to me. I pray for transformation in people's lives. I pray that they see and experience your grace in a way that they have never experienced it before. May it take them to a whole new level in how they understand your grace and how they can experience your grace and how they can lean into your grace to see them arise this year. So, Father, I just commit this word to you in Jesus' mighty name. I actually believe that there's so much more to God's grace than we actually realize. I believe it's actually more powerful and able to reach further and deeper into our lives than we really know. And I want to declare to us today that it is time to arise in grace. With the whole global situation that's currently uh, uh, around the world, many are, are going through so much, having to deal with so much incredible emotional, relational and financial pressure. And, and to be able to cope with that, people are turning to all sorts of different things to help to make it through. Some are turning to God. But many are turning to drugs, to pornography, to gambling, to alcohol, just to get relief. And, and, and what I want us to do is, is to, to present a message to you or a way of actually experiencing God's grace uh, to be able to overcome in, in everything that we do. See, believers aren't exempt from what's going on around the, around the world right now. Uh, believers are, 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 have health challenges, have emotional challenges, have relational challenges and, and financial challenges. In particular with you know, what's happening with uh, the, uh, the various mandated things that are going on right now. People are having to make a choice about whether they are going to be vaccinated or not. Uh, whatever our stance on vaccination is, can I encourage you, whether you are pro or anti or you really don't have a, a stance on it, whatever your response is, always, 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 always respond from a position of love. 
Don't become so dogmatic that you actually you know, become so overbearing and, and force your opinion on others. Allow others to have a different opinion and to receive it in grace, receive it in love. But us, we need to respond in love as well. So my encouragement to us is, no matter what our stance is, let our response come from a position of love and respect and honour. Because that's what uh, Jesus would do, I believe. He would respond in love. He'd tell us the truth, but he would respond in such a way that the truth is told. And so believers are going through stuff as well. All the answers, you know, to everything that's happening in the world right now, the answer is Jesus. I just want to say that he is the answer. No matter what the problem is, no matter what the question is, the answer is always Jesus. Okay? So John chapter 1 verse 17 says, For while... The law was given through Moses, grace, the unearned, undeserved favour and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we get this grace and it comes through a person. The law was given uh, through Moses and it came in a block of stone. The truth and grace came through a person and that person is Jesus Moses gave the law. Jesus is the grace and the truth. And the truth is that Jesus will finish in us what he started. He started a work of grace in us. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who's begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul encourages us by pointing to Jesus and the grace of God. Paul said that it was the Lord who is going to, uh, he's begun this good work in us and he's going to complete it. I'm so glad that Jesus is not like me. Really, <clears throat> I have got a, 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 a wooden model boat at home. I bought this model boat probably 15, maybe 20 years ago and I haven't progressed much past the framework. <clears throat> I've got every intention of finishing it at some point, uh, but right now it's an unfinished work. Uh, and I'm so glad that Jesus is not like that with us. He gets us to the finish line. He brings us to completion. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And he takes us on this incredible journey, being a work of grace. So Jesus, he's going to complete this. He's, he's making us more and more into the image of Jesus until the day that we'll be with him. Paul knew about suffering, about pressure, about emotional, relational, and financial stress, and he used the analogy of a fight or a race in his word to reveal the truth. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, he says, I've fought the good fight. Who's been in a good fight? I've been in some really good fights. As a, as a police officer, there were some really good fights, okay? Uh, I didn't enjoy them, of course. Uh, <laughs> that was a previous life, okay? So that was BC, before Christ. And sorry? You know, Jane didn't enjoy them either because she had to clean my uniforms. And generally, it wasn't my blood. Um, but that's another story again, okay? So um, I've got no idea where that came from, so get behind me. Um, uh, what happens is this. He, he, he says that he's, there's this race that we're going to finish. He's finished this race. He's, he's kept the faith. He, he's, he's been in a good fight. 
And finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And that's why we're on this journey, to, to receive the reward of Jesus saying to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, you've been faithful in a little, you've been faithful in much and stuff like that. Unfortunately, what happens is we try to get to heaven based on our own efforts and our own good works, based on what we think is a good standard. But then we're left wondering, how do we know when we've ever done enough? If that's the way that we're going to live, how do we know that if I do this much, if I happen to serve in, in our frontline team or I, I serve my employer at work or I serve as I go to school and, and invest myself in university or high school, how do we know that what, just doing that is going to be enough? It's not going to be enough. It's by grace. It's by grace. It's a work of grace. The good news, the message of Jesus rests entirely on God's grace. The only question left is to answer is, is how we will finish this race. Some are going to finish the race well. Others are going to, to you know, finish the race poorly. But the, the fact remains, we will all finish this race in one fashion or another. Our goal should be to do this, to finish well and to bring as many people as we possibly can on the journey with us and to help them finish well as well. We must remember that it is God who gives us the strength to finish the race. It's the power that God gives us to keep going, to keep doing good, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, even when we feel like quitting, even when we know that it's probably easier to do the wrong thing, we need the power of God and the presence of God in our lives, the grace of God to help us to do the right thing at the right time to the right people. Amen? So I want to just talk about three areas this morning where God's grace actually helps to sustain us. The first area is that God's grace takes our temptation and actually builds our testimony. God takes our temptation and constructs from our, te uh, our temptations a work of grace. There's a work of grace. He brings out a testimony from us. Temptation is a major area that causes us to stumble and fall. In 1 Peter 5, verses 8 to 9, and Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. From the moment of our birth, we've been in a battle for our lives to stop us hearing about or even believing in or experiencing Jesus. From the moment we were born, this battle's been going on. When we became believers, the battle intensified because now we're king's kids. And the, the enemy's sole purpose in the life of believers is to stop you looking to Jesus. He will do everything to break your focus when you look towards Jesus. As you look to Jesus for the answer, as you look to Jesus for your provision, as you look to Jesus for your healing, He'll start to, to say to you things that will get you off track. He'll break your focus. Well, why are you praying for healing today? Because God didn't heal the last time. So then He's trying to break your focus so that you don't believe that Jesus is the person that can heal you, that God is the one that wants to set you free. God wants to liberate you. He wants to break our focus. That's his 
sole role in the, in the lives of believers. And my encouragement to you is don't give the suck of the time of day. Just continue to focus on Jesus. Don't build a theology about what God doesn't do rather than on what God is doing right now. That song we sang this morning, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't see it, you're still moving in our life. Is anyone encouraged here this morning? Don't break your focus on Jesus. Continue to look to Jesus. Don't allow time and busyness to talk you out of your morning devotion and time in the Word of God. We have to be in the Word of God. I know that there's the have-tos and the, the oughts and the shoulds and all the rest of it. We get to spend time in the Word of God. Hear my heart, all right? But that's where we need to be as believers, that's where we need to be. And we get to do that every day. Satan sets up temptations to make us fall. And we're faced with, with choices in life. Will I do right or wrong? Will I do good or bad? Will I be selfish or will I be gener generous in the moment? See, the question is this. The question isn't if we're going to be tempted. The question is when and how we'll be tempted. You need to know that you're going to be tempted. So if you know that that's going to be happening, then start right now to position yourself in such a way that you've got an answer for what the devil might, might bring your way. Even when Jesus, he was, he was tempted in the same that way that we are, but he didn't give in. What this tells me is that temptation is not sin. Did you know that? It's only a sin when we give in to the temptation and follow through on it. James chapter 1 verses 14 to 15 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Temptation is not sin. What it says here is that our desires are what cause these temptations. This means that Satan puts crazy, wild thoughts and ideas in our heads created to, to bring shame and guilt and to, to bring us down. But it's not sin. Just when he puts that stuff in there, it's only a sin when we start to act on it. Many continue to keep themselves in bondage by saying to yourself, how, how could I ever think that such a horrible thing? I must be an evil person. No, you're not. No, you're not. I've said this before. You know, uh, we can't stop the birds from flying over our head, but we can certainly stop them from nesting in our hair. Okay, what, it's, what that means is you can't stop the, the thoughts from coming into your mind, but you can stop them and cut them off when they're there so that they don't take root in your mind and your, and your mindset and, you, and it just lures you down a particular uh, course of, of action. Larry King asked Billy, uh, Billy Graham how he remained untouched by scandal. And Billy Graham replied by quoting scripture. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except such is as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, when the temptation comes, there is always an escape route for us. Okay, there's always a way that we can escape the temptation. There's a, uh, uh, a means of, of, of overcoming that particular temptation. He, God never allows more temptation than we can handle. He makes a way of escape. However, 
Many say that God has given them more than they can bear. But I want to say to you, God doesn't lie. His word is truth. It, is, it, it does not lie. If God says that he's not going to give us more than we can handle, then he's not going to give us more than we can handle. He will provide a way of escape, and that is the truth that we can count on. Our problem is that we don't like the way of escape that God's provided. So we discard it. Well, that's just too hard. That's not what I want to do. Well, suck it up, princess. Get on with it. That's, if that's the way that God's provided the way of escape, then that's the way that we need to follow. We need to follow God's leading, God's directing in our lives. We want to do things our way. And that's why things keep getting worse. But if we do things God's way, we can get back to the Bible and see freedom come in our lives. Secondly, grace takes our tiredness and leads us into triumph. Notice he doesn't say Harleys, just said triumphs. <laughs> just saying, just saying. For our lovely motorbike riders. See, we're tired. Many of us are tired. Many of us are exhausted because it takes so much energy to to do what's right. And so we tend to slack off and we do just enough to get by. We begin to what people call we coast. Everyone understand what we mean by coast? Here's a quick lesson. You can't coast uphill. I've also discovered that you can't coast for very long on level ground. You've got to be pointing downhill to be able to coast. But doing what's right to grow and to mature is an uphill battle. To lead teams, to lead churches, to lead businesses, to lead uh, youth groups, to lead uh, in, in the workplace, to lead uh, the people around, to lead your family, to lead your children. It, it's an uphill battle. It's, it's a constant struggle that we've got to overcome in and, and, and that's why we need to, to lean into God's grace. The reason doing what's right is so tiring is because we're going against the flow of society and culture. It's to be a Christian is to act counterculturally, in particular in today's age, where uh, the beliefs of, uh, of the Bible are being uh, eroded and, and, and made laws against and, and <clears throat> no we desperately need men and women of God in political groups we need men and women of God who are unwilling to compromise on the things of God, making the laws of our land. And right now, I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that you, Lord God, speak to people in this very arena as they're watching uh, online maybe, that you put it in their heart to say, Lord, I'm going to stand for government, whether it's in the local government state government 
or federal government, I pray that you raise up men and women, young people, give them a desire to, to lead in this arena of life, to, to make a stand for Christ in our nation, to see the, the stop to the abominations of the laws that are coming against uh, this nation, uh, Christianity uh, in, in general. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't lose heart. Where do we get the power to do what's right and not coast so that we can finish the cross and finish the, the, the line and, and hear that well good uh, uh, faithful servant? The reason that so many people are tired when it, become, it comes to our, our walk with God is because we're trying to do it in our own power. We, we try to be good. We, we try to keep the Ten Commandments. We try to be righteous. We try, we try, we try, and we try again. And it's wearing us out. And I love what Zechariah says. He says, it's not by might or by power. It's by the Holy Spirit that we can do what God has called us to do. And I want to encourage you today to, to allow Jesus to be Jesus in you. You already are righteous. You don't have to be righteous. Woo. Good word, good word, great word. You don't have to try to be holy. My Bible tells me you are holy. Why? Was it anything that you did to be holy? No, Jesus makes you holy. You just got to let Jesus to be Jesus in you. Stop the, 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 the thoughts that the enemy puts into your mind about, oh, no, you've, you've just had that really bad thought and, and, and you think that you're no longer holy. It's rubbish. You are holy because Jesus makes you holy. You are blameless, the Bible says. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a child of God. You're his. Do we always do things right? No, that's why we need Jesus every single day to lean into all that he's done. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We need to rest in that. And when we don't think that we can do enough, we think we're tired. We're, no, no, we, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, we preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in the spirit of profound common sense. Do you know what thing about common sense? It's not that common. It's an old dad joke, but hey, it works, all right? So we teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. We've got a responsibility, not just to ourselves, but to other people to help to bring them to maturity as well. It's really quiet in here. There's no amen. Oh, pray, preach it. It's great. See, to be mature is to be basic. Christ. That's it. Thunderbirds are go. That's what I'm working so hard. 
at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy that God so generously gives. He generously gives us the energy that we need to, to do what we need to do. Tap into Jesus. Tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, with, with temptation, it's so hard to sin when you're going, Try sinning when you're speaking in tongues. That's a good word for someone here today. Word of interpretation, interpretation means keep going, Gary, keep going. It's not about our willpower. Rather, it's about the will and power of God that gives us the strength to accomplish His kingdom purposes. God never asks us to do something He hasn't given us the power already to do. So we have to quit trying and start trusting Jesus and let Jesus be Jesus in us. Thirdly, grace takes our trouble and turns it around. We can't fix the problem solve life's riddles or change the circumstances of our life, then we need to call. If we can't do that, we need to call out for God's grace. We need to understand uh, that, that there's, uh, we can't control everything that happens in our life. We can't control who our parents are. We can't control where or when we were born. You know, I often think I've been born way too soon because I love science fiction and I reckon that I'd be a really, really good like fighter pilot in the, in the X-Wing fighters in Star Wars. I would have made a great... I've been born way too... I've got no control over that. I could you know, fight Darth Vader. I could be like, beam me up, Scotty. We can't even determine when or where we're going to die and everything in between. The reason is because God's in control. We're not. I'm not going to advocate this, but some of you need to let go of the steering wheel of life, not the car, not the car. Okay. The only person that we can turn to is God. It's, it's God's greater grace. So how, how does... God's grace take our temptation and build a testimony. How does God's grace take our tiredness and lead us into triumph? How does God's grace take our trouble and turn it around? I'm so glad you've asked. Number one, we need to, to lean into God's grace by cry out to God. Just cry out to God. It's, it's what David did in Psalms because he found himself in so many situations beyond his control. So he cried out to God, read the Psalms someday. Like just go home today and, and just sit down and, and just read a Psalm. Read Psalm 145, an incredible Psalm of praise and thanksgiving and let your spirit be encouraged as you read that Psalm. What happened? David was just giving Praise to God. If you can't praise God on a day, go to Psalm 145 and it'll, it'll launch you to the stratosphere and you'll be able to take on the world because of what's written there. But otherwise, there's other times when David, he's messed up and he goes to Psalm 51. Sometimes you need to just cry out to God when you're messed up. 
That's what God, Samson did it. At the end of his life, he cried out to God. He says, God, give me the, the power to, 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 to bring this roof down. And, and God comes through for him. Talk about Peter. Peter's on the water and he starts to look at the waves and he starts to sing. And he cries out to God. He says, save me, Lord. And Jesus saves him. Blind Bartimaeus was no longer content to be blind. He heard that Jesus was in the area and he cries out to God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy mercy on me. He cried out to God in the moment of his need. Some of us need to cry out to God. I'm so glad that Jesus pointed to the thief that was hung on the cross beside him because that thief has cried out. He says, remember me, Lord, when you come into paradise, remember me. Don't forget me. I want to be there with you. And to Jesus turns to him and says, today you should be with me in paradise. That will mess with your theology. But he wasn't baptised. He wasn't speaking in. Do you know what? If Jesus told that man that he was going to be with him in paradise that day, it means that God can get through and he can mess with that theology. You've got to let God sometimes mess you up. But cry out to God. James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. But he gives more grace. Everyone say, he gives me more grace. He gives me more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I love it says that God gives more grace. But notice who he gives that grace to. It's the one that's willing to humble themselves and say, God, I need you right now. Number two, get God's word on the inside. Some of you, the only time that you turn to the Word of God is when it's up on the screen. I'm just going to, it's true. You need more than just take one tablet a, a week and all will be well. You need to be taking the Word of God on the inside every single day. Because you know what? There's not a single day that goes past where I don't find myself tempted, I don't find myself tired, and I don't find myself sometimes in trouble. And quite often I'm in trouble up here on a Sunday morning. But you know what? I, I need God every single day of my life. Because there's the, the, the stuff that assails us does not stop. The Word of God comforts us, it strengthens us, it fills and refreshes and gives us energy to keep going. So we get God's Word planted on the inside and we do that by reading it, by hearing it. Or dare I say, could we actually study the Word of God too? And then, sacre bleu, we have to actually apply it to our life. You're joking. You don't just get to read this, you get to apply it and walk it in your life. That's why when we do our devotions, it's really good to do the SOAR method. You, you write the scripture down, you observe what it says about it, then you uh, apply it to your life and you, and you, and you, you pray about it, or like you, you respond to it. We, unless we put down an app, how is this passage going to actually be applied in my life? Do that as a part of your devotion. Take the next step for yourself. We need to get God's word inside our hearts and lives. Psalm 119 verse 25, my soul clings to, to the dust. Revive me according to your word. There's, there's something you're worth crying out for. 
That's a word you need in your spirit. God's word has proven to be trustworthy when everything else has failed. Did you know that there is over 7,000 promises that are recorded in the Bible? And here's the, here's the good news. It just takes one word from God to change your life. Over 7,000 promises and it takes one word. Took three to change Lazarus. Lazarus come forth. Changed Lazarus' life. Third one, get into fellowship. Stop being uh, isolated. Don't isolate yourself. There's a difference between isolation and seclusion. There's a difference between isolation and seclusion. Isolation means I'm just going to separate myself off. Seclusion means we're drawing aside for a period to get closer to God. We need to be in our connect groups. There's power in our connect groups. You need to be a part of a group of people that will support you, will love you. They will tell you you're being a jerk. Just saying. Just saying. Jane tells me that regularly. I still love her. She doesn't say that. She says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Can I, I'll just give you a statistic straight up. I'm not, not sure I was going to say this at the AGM, but before COVID, we were punching around about 100 to 120, 125 people on a regular basis each week. Now, post COVID, we are now sitting around about 75 people every week. Why is that? Some people stay away because for them, going to church regularly now means you go once a month. That is regular church attendance. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Get into fellowship. If, if you're not in a connect group and there's not one that really suits your time frame, here, here. okay, ready for this? Start one. Come and talk to me. Just start one. I'm good with that. Uh, if, if Jesus can start with his 12 disciples, and I've got to tell you, they were probably teenage kids at best, maybe young adults. Hey, give it a rip. See what happens. I'll get Jane to pick up the pieces afterwards. It's good. Here's the third, fourth one. Last one, last point as I wrap this up. How to access and lean into God's grace? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just listen to the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's who the Holy Spirit is according to the Amplified Bible. Okay, John 16 verse 7. I love the Amplified Bible. He says, but I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, catch these job descriptions for the Holy Spirit. The helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, 
the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit in my life. There's stuff here that he does that just opens your understanding and your, your, your perception of, of who the Holy Spirit is. That he can be all of these things at the same time in our life. If you need help, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you need comfort, you need the Holy Spirit. If you need someone to, to, to champion your cause on your behalf, you need the advocate. If you need someone to pray for you constantly, you need the person of the Holy Spirit. If you need wisdom in your life, let the Holy Holy Spirit speak to you. He's the counselor. He can tell you how to, to walk through life. If you need, you're finding yourself weak, I'll tell you, you need the strengthener in your life and you need the standby. Standby what? Stand by you in the most difficult times of your life and in the most joyous times of your life. It gives you the power to praise. It gives you the power to worship. It gives you the power to do what you need to do in life. He's standing right by you. He's the standby. I love that about the Holy Spirit. You know, that's how we're going to get through our temptations. That's how we're going to get through our tiredness. That's how we're going to get through our troubles. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need churches filled with people, believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need churches that are filled with you know, spirit-filled believers that can go out and start to prophesy into our community, start to serve in our community. Dare I say start to serve in our church. We need to pe people to, to get on board, filled with the Spirit of God and to do what God has called us to do. Is there anybody here this morning that believes what I'm saying today? So my question, are you discouraged? Where are you at? Are you discouraged? Do you want to give up? Are you being pounded by temptation? Are you tired and weary? Is there trouble in your life that you can't fix? Cry out to God. Get the Word of God into you. Get around like-minded people that are support you, that can be your Aaron and your her, that will lift up your arms in the midst of the battle and watch the Holy Spirit start to come through on your behalf. Start to speak in tongues. Start to step out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and see God come through for you. I love what Paul says. He says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 9, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Let's stand this morning. I've just gone a little bit over. I apologise. Actually, I don't apologise for it at all. I can just uh, maybe have the team uh, come back. That would be great. How good is it to see Jules up on Singing today. Way to go, Jules. Go, girl. Here's what grace stands for. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace stands for God's refreshing and comforting embrace. Did you know that? It's what grace stands for. Do you know grace stands for God's resources and corresponding empowering? Praise God for Google. No, Google, Google. Pray to Google. That's the gospel according to Google. It's time to arise in God's grace. I declare over you today, you are holy. You are righteous. You are loved. 
you are like Jesus likes you. How good's that? Okay, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. He liked me. I was pretty happy with that. Oh, we need the person of the Holy Spirit. We need the the, the rain of God in our lives. We need the wind of the Spirit. We need the fire of God burning in our bellies. We need to, 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 to ramp up our worship. You know, we need to invest our gifts. We need to, to stretch our faith. We need to engage with our communities. We need to activate those connections that help us to, to be who God has called us to be. There is grace available for you today. There is grace that God wants to pour out in your life. I want you to tap into uh, to all that God has got for you. I want you to today maybe to rejoice in the fact that you're born again. Now you have the Spirit of God living within you. The, the Word of God's coming alive. It's, it's vibrating. He's giving you a quiver in your liver. It's God's doing something in your heart and your life today. Now let's celebrate this morning. We just thank you, God for your goodness and your grace in our lives. I don't. I put aside everything the enemy's tried to label me with today. I put aside everything he's tried to, to load me up with today. And I speak the word grace in my life and over my life and through my life. I speak it over your people today in the Name of Jesus. I speak grace and grace, grace over your life, over your life today, over your work, over your health, over your finances. I speak grace over you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Just as everyone bows your head and close your eyes, the greatest gift of of grace that you can receive is the grace that's given to you to be born again, to be saved. And that grace is given to you today because Jesus died, He was buried, but He rose again and ascended to the Father. Jesus is alive today. And He wants you to know, wants you to know that He died for you. He loves you so much that He he died for you. Took on His body, like Zach said in communion. His body was broken so that we can have healing. His blood was shed so that we can have the uh, complete uh, freedom from sin. All our sins washed away under the blood of Jesus. And that was made available for people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. If there's people here this morning, I don't know everybody, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, if you want to invite Christ to be the Lord of your, you've lived life your way. How's that working for you? I'm not saying that all your troubles are over either when you get to Jesus, Jesus in your, but you've got help. You've got strength. You've got power. You've got anointing of the Spirit of God. Is there anybody here, you've never done it before, but you want to invite Jesus into your life, I'm going to ask you right now to stick your hand up so that I know who I'm praying for today. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to give your heart to Christ? You've never done it before, but today you want to do it. Is there anyone here? Put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. Maybe online, if you're watching this, my prayer is that you reach out to Jesus today. Just pray, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you to come into my life, change my life. 
Holy Spirit, would you baptise me right now? Holy Spirit, would you flood into my life? Give me the power to live that I need. And Father, I thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. In the wonderful name of Jesus.